Thank you for joining us, Dr. Sentonzi from the Finger Lakes Otolaryngology. I had to have Google pronunciation to make sure I was saying that right. Well, if you want the real basic name of our practice, it's otorhinolaryngology, but most of we go ENT, okay, nose yeah. and throat, otolaryngology. Okay. Uh, that's why we do ENT. It's quick and short. Yes. People remember that. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. Finger Lakes ENT. Dr. Sentonzi, thank you so much for joining Neighbors in Need today. I think this is something that a lot of us are dealing with. And I have the question when we talk about allergies, and that's the that's the topic of today. Is it true, the myth, let's get it out there, myth or truth that the U.S. suffers from more allergies than any other country? Well, it is true that our oh, let's say 20, 30 years ago, it was about 18 to 20% of our population suffered from allergy. Now in certain locations, we're almost close to 40%. Uh, There's a lot of theories on Mm -hmm. why. Is there one that you are leaning more towards? You you look at the theory and you think, oh, okay, that makes more sense than others. Yes, I believe a lot of issues may be brought on that our immune system isn't being allowed to mature at a younger age. Okay. Uh, I think that we've relied a lot on antibiotics when a child has fluid in the ears, has a cold, and rather than the immune system maturing and fighting off that organism that's causing their their infection, we kill it with antibiotics. Our immune system isn't maturing enough. Ah, Uh, So I believe as we get older, we develop more sensitivities to these things because our immune system is just not doing what it's made to do. Do you buy into the theory of the way food is is made in, in the GMOs and food and, and how it's been modified to mass produce, or is that a theory that you're like, I don't know about that one? Well, that also can affect our immune system. Uh, there's a lot of processed foods out yeah. there. Pick up anything from the grocery list and you'll see chemicals and additives, etc. And that's also affecting our body. Um, it is a big push in certain organ or uh, certain cities, certain mentalities, more towards organic, mm-hmm. which is good, but it is expensive to buy and, and feed your family with organic foods unless you produce them yourself. But, you know, we're bombarded by chemicals in our food, in our water, in our air. All affects our immune system, which is a very complex uh, system in our body of checks and balances. And it doesn't take a whole lot to get some of those checks and balances off alignment. Ah, yeah. And our body's adaptation to try to align our immune system cause a lot of symptoms, whether it be sensitivity to a chemical, a pollen, food, uh, an additive, a food dye. Okay. You know, our body is very complex in how it deals with those things that it finds as a foreign substance and how is it going to affect our body when it's fighting off something it finds as foreign. We're on with Dr. Santonzi from the uh, Finger Lakes ENT. And uh, we're talking about allergies today because we all know somebody, if not ourselves, who suffer from allergies. And I mean, you said it to be true. It's a true statement that the U.S., we have a little bit more uh, individuals who suffer from allergies and just digging deeper and trying to find out why. Do you agree with, and this keeps changing, so I need, hopefully you'll give us a definitive answer. Peanuts. Do we expose our children to peanuts or waiting is the way to go? Because that's the big allergy is the peanut allergy. Yes. I believe 
what we're finding now is if children are exposed to low doses of peanuts, it's controversial mm-hmm. to wait till age one, age two, right. that it may decrease their sensitivity to peanuts as they get older. And uh, honey is a big thing. Raw honey oh, right. can cause botulinum in young kids, so they should not have it before the age of one. It used to be before age two, but honey, especially local honey, is made by local bees and has a lot of pollens associated with it. And eating honey uh, at an earlier age can actually decrease your risk of developing allergies to the local environment. Oh, Uh, okay. So you're saying that you're suggesting, in your opinion, is that expose them to it then at a younger age to build up that immunity to it? Uh, It's still, you know, the, the literature is, you know, evolving. Okay. And, uh, you know, peanut sensitivities, allergies in general, do have some hereditary etiology. Ah, uh, uh, okay. You may be prone to that. I mean, you know, if your parents and grandparents had allergies, chances are you'll get them at some point. Whether it's mild, moderate, or severe, you know, is, de- is determined at, at a later age as you get older. Yeah, okay. Uh, but the peanuts, you know, it is a, it is a difficult Thing. You know, there's a, a food group that in Rochester, Dr. Bingerman group, uh, associated with U of R, that I, if I have difficult food sensitivity patients, I'll send them to there. They do a great job with kids and adults. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, recent literature, if you can expose them to low doses of, of course, peanut butter, Young kids with peanuts is a choking hazard, so Mm. moms are avoiding them a lot. And by not being sensitized to peanuts at a younger age, they can develop severe sensitivities down the road. But you have hereditary factors that play part. Some people are truly allergic to certain foods, including peanuts, and it can be a dangerous situation. Yeah, it's not as black and white. It's not black and white. You know, it has a lot to do with your hereditary, your genetic makeup your environment, you know, chemical exposures, allergy, you know, the immune system is so complex. Mm-hmm. So it's not black and white. I say, well, give everybody peanuts when you're, you know, one to two years of age. At least in the le- recent literature, it shows that if you can consume small amounts of peanut products when you're young, you can ward off severe peanut allergies as you get older. Okay. And that is the, the one that's on everybody's mind because they... You know, they have adjusted school rules and regulations because of these allergies. You know, you're not allowed to even bring it in in school lunches or, you know, no more birthday parties because of all the sensitivity to these allergies. And that's why we invited you in just to educate ourselves a little bit about this, because it obviously is a prevalent issue or topic, I should say. Is there a chance of growing out of allergies or you hear that a lot? Oh, well, maybe she'll grow out of it. He'll grow out of it. Is that true in the majority of cases, or is that a small percentage? Well, to some sense, it is true because your body do it, can adapt. Okay. If you have an atopic person with allergies, that means you have allergies, you'll always have allergies. But your allergy symptoms and your immune response could get significantly worse as you get older, or mm. it can get better. Okay. You know, that's what we do when we give immunotherapy. We're actually injecting things that your body finds as foreign. And the response, your immune response, can build blocking antibodies. So 
as we get older, are we doing that naturally ourselves, mm-hmm. building blocking antibodies? Um, we live in a fairly sterile environment these days, uh, you know, HEPA filters throughout the house, good on the vacuum cleaner. Do you like that, that we live in a quote-unquote sterile environment <laughs> nowadays, or do you prefer well, dirty it up a little bit? Well, that's also controversial, you know, because by not being exposed to those things, your immune system isn't maturing enough. Uh, I mean, yeah. oh, God, I'm in the been bleach. around for thousands of years, and the antibiotics are only for a few hundred, a couple hundred years. Yeah. We survived. But, uh, oh, doctor, I'm a bleach wipe queen. This is going to be a struggle <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, okay, before we move on and, and continue your thought with the SLIT, slit or sublingual immunotherapy, which you refer to. Immunotherapy, correct. Okay. Um, I wanted to touch uh, briefly on penicillin al- allergies as well. What do we need to know about penicillin allergies? How common is it? Uh, it it's not as common as most people think. Okay. Um, you know, a child will be treated for an ear infection or tonsillitis with penicillin and develop a rash. Well, was it from the antibiotic or was it from the virus that caused the ear infection? And uh, so little Johnny had a virus from penicillin, so... The doctor says, oh, he must have a penicillin allergy. Don't use it. And there are true people with penicillin allergies, and that's a fixed allergy. So Which in other words, what? every time you're exposed to it, you will have a reaction. Ah, okay, okay. And uh, so the best thing, if you have a severe reaction, avoid it. Okay. But only about 10% of people who believe they're allergic to penicillin are truly allergic to penicillin. Oh. Penicillin is an excellent drug. It's cheap. It... Uh, can be used for a lot of infections. Uh, as long as the medical community is not over-prescribing penicillin, will hold down resistance. But there are some organisms that are resistant to penicillin. Okay. But there is a way to test individuals, usually older children, teenagers, adults, uh, to test to see if they're truly penicillin allergic. So penicillin we- is one of the few drugs that you can give to pregnant women. Uh, oh. So it is worthwhile to know if you're truly allergic to that or not. All right. So if somebody along the way told you you may be or you are, get a second opinion, you're suggesting. Yeah. Okay. And just because, you know, your your brother or your mother has a penicillin allergy doesn't necessarily mean you do. Okay. Now let's move over to the immunotherapy. Um, What is this? And is this instead of Allergy injections, is this a better way or pretty much comparable? Well, immunotherapy just means we're doing therapy to change your immune response to certain allergens. Okay. They're really proteins. And, of course, you think of allergy shots where you're actually yeah. injecting under the skin a little bit of serum containing those proteins from the allergens, mm-hmm. and your body reacts to that. You know, you're... Your immune system says this is a foreign substance. It goes and picks it up and it changes your, your immune cells, your mast cells, pick it up, and your body will process that and have a reaction to it. Some of them can be pretty severe. You know, it could be you have a runny nose or itchy eyes or swelling where your cat rubbed against your skin to full-blown anaphylaxis where your immune, you, know, you become hypotensive, you're, you're tachycardic, your blood flow slows down and can be dangerous, even fatal in some severe anaphylactic reactions. So the allergy shots, you're actually injecting that under the skin. Sublingual immunotherapy is a little bit different. 
you know, someone, you think of a cardiac patient, they take their nitroglycerin under the tongue and it gets absorbed pretty rapidly. Mm. Uh, same thing with immunotherapy under the tongue. There are some FDA-approved tablets. I believe we have grasses out, ragweed. Hopefully in the next year we'll have cat and dust mite approved. Do you it's prefer in... this over allergy injections? Because this feels like something you could do at home instead of... Well, it is you do, you do at home, and it's fairly popular with some of the kids. Mm-hmm. The issue is uh, it's not FDA-approved ah. when we mix the serum ourselves in the office. Okay. But the American Academy of Allergic Allergy, we've been doing this for years. It has very excellent results. Even the general um, allergy population, general allergists are doing sub sublingual. Um, what are we waiting for, for the FDA? Or is it just the, well, when it gets hung up in is, politics, it gets hung up in politics and it's slow? Things take a long time to okay. get approved in the U.S. And we have some drug companies that are making sublingual tablets. They're monotherapy, and they work great if you only have one or two allergies, or should I say severe allergies. If it's cat, hopefully in the next year, cat sublingual tablets will be uh, available. They are available in Europe, but not here yet, hopefully soon. Okay. You put this under your tongue, it gets absorbed. You just don't swallow for two minutes, 120 seconds, easy to do. Um, There's only a certain amount that gets absorbed under the tongue, the issue with sublingual immunotherapy is we have to give you rather massive doses of antigen. There's only a certain amount gets under the tongue. So which means it's very expensive. You know, it ah. can be fairly expensive since okay. we mix the serum in our office. It's not FDA approved, so the insurance company won't pay for it. There are people who do out-of-pocket. You don't have needles. You don't have to drive to the doctor's office. Yeah, this, you don't have to wait this 30 is, minutes. Yeah, this is what I was going to say, because my daughter, uh, you know, I'm a parent of, uh, of, of a child who has allergies, and I'm there once a month, and it's, you know, at convenient hours because it's yeah. during the school hours. Um, but I'm, I'm questioning, is this, let's say fast forward the clock 10 years, FDA approval, is this the future of the way to treat allergies? Is Allergy injections, because it is intimidating for the child, too, to get the needle, you know, every month. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of recent literature about doing, actually injecting allergens right into a lymph node somewhere in the body. Oh. <laughs> a heavy dose, and then the body would, you know, maybe doing it two or three times a year. Oh. And that's still in, yeah, in study. that's in the works. Okay. Well, it's yeah. good to know that they are trying to, you know, make this a little bit easier on the patient. We are out of time, Dr. Santonzi from the Finger Lakes ENT. I'm assuming your website is a good uh, place to go for more information mm-hmm. about this, and we can call your office too. Sure. Well, we the main office in, is in Newark, three one five three three one one three one three, and of course the the website. We also have links to the American Academy of Otolaryngic Allergy and American Academy of Ear, Nose, and Throat Head and Neck Surgery. There's a lot of information on the web that people can pretty much get by themselves. And uh, an informed patient can be our our best ally and also our worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I do appreciate that you guys do both. It's like one-stop shopping for your patients. I'm sure a lot of your patients appreciate the ear, nose, and throat and the allergy injections and immunotherapy. So that's wonderful that you guys do it both. Oh, yes. We love what we do, and uh, there's definitely a need. Thank you so much, Dr. Santonzi. I appreciate your time. Oh, you are welcome.